are listening to episode 87 of the Playing Full Out podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. one of those days that feel super intense where someone feels like they pushed the accelerator in the car and you're waiting for the brake to go on, but then it doesn't. And it doesn't maybe for the whole day or the week, maybe, maybe it's even gone off for the month or the year. I've been watching a disturbing trend that has been occurring even before the pandemic struck. I've seen it with friends. I talked to colleagues family members, even myself. And it's this noticeable overstimulation, the scattered attention, the not being present, feeling unsettled, even a dull, constant anxiety. It's this feeling of being what I refer to as ungrounded, unglued. Maybe you feel like you're spinning. And if we were a car, it is like someone's pushing that accelerator and it's stuck. Just like a car would crash if it doesn't have brakes, so are individuals crashing as the intensity only seems to grow in this modern world of work. There are ways to break free and not be a victim of this era, which is in constant motion, distraction, noise, overstimulation. And it's more important now than it has ever been. Some of the numbers, 83% of the U.S. workers suffer from work-related stress. 63% of workers are ready to quit their job because of stress. 39% said it's their heavy workload that is their main source. We have outrageously high numbers of psychological and mental health and disturbance as a result of being in this state of the accelerator on and not being able to break as it relates specifically to our groundedness and our nervous system. Recently, a business owner told me he couldn't go for more than an hour without checking his email. And we were talking, and he wants to be able to turn it off. He wants to not feel compelled and unsettled when he does. And he wants to not to constantly be thinking about what's next, not being in the moment, what the next email or text or, or expectation that he needs to meet with somebody in his world. This feeling of being ungrounded It comes in many forms. I recently had one of these moments, this space where I felt like I was plugged into a high-voltage electrical socket where the wattage going through my body was so intense and I wasn't able to turn the switch off. What I want to talk to you today is exactly that. How do we get grounded again? How do we stop the spinning, stop the buzzing, stop the consistently being on so that we can come back and have well, higher quality of life, but a higher levels of healthy performance ongoing. 
there's this frenetic pace because too often we think that if we're not catching everything, including opportunities or things in our emails or whatever else it is that we're going to fall behind. But what we're really seeing is that the opposite is true, that it's that when we're trying to do so many things, we miss out on everything. The rush and the anxiety of our modern workplaces has had us lose sight of what a normal and real pace is. It's had us lose sight of what's important. It's had us lose sight of what allows for and supports lasting and healthy performance. So I would say that the disruption, of course, of the pandemic has amplified our ungroundedness and that while you, the U.S. is very and runs high on the numbers of all of those triggers and signs that we are in a place of being unglued, the disruption has really now met a worldwide level of an epidemic. And we are so entrenched in it, this epidemic to me of being ungrounded, that few of us even recognize that we're in it, we consider it a norm, and that those who are in it don't know how to get out. And that's why today I wanted to share my perspective about being grounded, what it means, signs to know you're ungrounded, and ways that you can instantly regain your centeredness, your groundedness, so that you can achieve levels of performance and be able to increase your positive influence and certainly, and perhaps most importantly, your happiness and to know that this is entirely possible with a few tools. I'm going to provide my daily grounding practice that I've been doing for the last few months and how you can too. First, let's just discuss what it means to be grounded. Most of us understand that grounding helps protect homes from an electrical overload, right? We know how we need to balance things out for the electrical sockets and the foundation of our home. Similarly, as humans, we have to ground ourselves to protect ourselves from the dangers of mental and emotional and physical overload. So it's the same same type of a thing. Now, there are a number of ways that we can calm our nervous system to ground ourselves. We can do it using drugs and alcohol and all other kinds of addictions, overeating. We know them all. We do those things to make us come sometimes back to the present moment to, to feel that we're not flying. I knew and have seen, though, what we need is an ongoing grounding experience, an ongoing ritual or practice to build into our systems. Because if we don't, you wouldn't leave your house ungrounded even for a minute and go off to work. The same way with your, ourselves, we shouldn't even consider for a minute that we wouldn't ground ourselves on a daily basis so that we have the foundation for a strong day and a strong experience every day of our life. Now, there are a number of ways, as I said, that we can do it. At this point in time, few argue that being in a state of peace and calm increases your happiness. And when your happiness increases, your confidence increases. When you increase your confidence, you improve your performance, no matter what it is you're doing. So peace to happiness, happiness, confidence, sales performance, whatever it is. I should add that when I refer to being grounded, I do use words and they all are inclusive of being centered. When we're, we're not, we're short-circuiting, we're overstimulated, we are unglued, we're spinning, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to imagine that every person has had that moment where they feel like they are 
just out of it, where they're buzzing, where they're not completely present, where they're frenetic, where their mind is flipping to a lot of different places. Unfortunately, maybe it's the norm more than the exception for some. On a scientific level, physiological level, what we're feeling when we're feeling ungrounded is that our sympathetic nervous system is going off. It's in fight or flight, and it's not backing down. And the sympathetic nervous is the accelerator to the car, whereas the parasympathetic nervous system is the brake. The brake is that the parasympathetic nervous system. It calms us down. It slows us down. It grounds us. The challenge that we are seeing in our workplaces is that we are having people that whose nervous systems are completely overextended and overstimulated, and they don't know how to get themselves out of it or how to start grounding. And so this is an important practice to be for all of us to know and to be spreading. It's important also because as leaders, our energy is contagious. And what we feel, you know, it's like it's, it's, it is a conductor to others. So we are electrical human beings, and that human energy and frequency is being felt. And as leaders, when we are grounded, we create and empower others to be grounded. Now, how do you know whether you're grounded or not? You know you're ungrounded when you're getting distracted easily. Have you ever been working on something and then you forgot what you were doing in the moment or why you just got up? That's a sign that you're in an ungrounded state. Sometimes maybe you're spacing out another sign. Maybe you're listening to someone in a meeting or your spouse or your kids at home. And then all of a sudden you realize, I haven't heard one thing. That's a sign of being ungrounded. I've had those moments and it's, it's a call to get grounded and to come back to the present. Overthinking, that's another one. Maybe you're paralyzed in your workplace to move on that next thing that you're called to, your important work by thinking and rethinking and planning and preparing to prepare. You know, we know that. That's that overthinking. That is when we're not grounded. Another sign that you might be ungrounded is experiencing anxiety and worry. That's a definite one, right? That place where you can almost know that you're in fight or flight and that it's not really, that you're in a space of where you're going to die, like that sympathetic nervous system is there to save us from, and that it is unreasonably going off and not being able to put a break on it. You also see signs of being ungrounded if you're obsessed by desire for material things and if you're obsessed by what others think of you. So just think on that. These are all ways when you know that you're, you're getting unglued or you're getting ungrounded. Any of these are signs of being ungrounded. The reality is, is that it also unfortunately leads to a lot of physical problems too. We know that our thoughts are energy and then they have a frequency that actually affects our cells. And we know this, we know that if we have a thought, we can affect our physical manifestation by crying. If we're embarrassed, we have, you know, sweat or red cheeks. So what we are experiencing in the nervous system, which is also our brain is a part of, what we are experiencing there then comes out and that's how it shows up into our external world. And that's why it becomes so important. The more rooted you are, the more centered and grounded you are, the less stress you're going to experience. And I know if there was a pill for stress, it would be, you know, another big pharma. And it is part, but these are the, if we had a natural pill, right? This groundedness practice or ritual is the one that I would say you would want to begin to implement as though it was your supplement or medicine. There are studies that prove what I'm going to show, the techniques and some of these ways, but you don't really need to rely on them. You can do it for yourself and evaluate the results for yourself. 
Most of us at this point have an overactive sympathetic nervous system, and that translates into excessive emotional stress. What I have found as a person who's been studying this for a long time, both our fight or flight, the way we make decisions, is that if you're able to begin, and the number one thing you always want to be able to bring yourself back to is a frequency of peace, peace of mind, calm, and centeredness. That's who we really are. We've strayed so far away from being able to hold that state and maintain that state. It's something that we actually need to preserve and protect like our life depends on it. It's that valuable. It's that important because when it happens, you are in that heightened state of what they call flow that Olympians talk about, that you want to get into your flow, that you're right in the center and you're present and everything's on fire. And I say that in a good way. Everything is aligned to have you moving in your ideal direction, in your vision, and you're using, if you wanted to use the room playing full out, you have all of your mind, body, and mental self together to heighten and be at your supreme. Now, I'm going to give you some of these mindset and practices. One thing that you should know, especially if you're in the left brain, which is most of us a lot, is that the only way that real change occurs is if and when it moves through the nervous system. What I'm saying is that we can set up a habit and say that we're going to, we want to set this goal But until that registers and runs through the nervous system, that the brain can see that it's easy, that it is rewarding, that it's non-threatening, that until then, our fight or flight, our sympathetic nervous system is going to take over and take charge. This is the counter balance to that. This is the way that you bring that calm back in. I'm just going to give you a few of my favorite grounding practices and part of my ritual. But the first one of these truly is a mindset one that is game-changing, and that is to peacefully accept what is. What this means, in other words, is that you accept where you are even if it's not where you want to be or you think you should be. Maybe you feel like you're behind on your goals for the year or on a project. Maybe you have judgment about whether you are courageously holding yourself and others accountable. Maybe you want to be more of a disruptor and more innovative or creative, but you've held back whatever it is that you're judging yourself for. Maybe it's stuff within your own personal world, your personal life, something that's happened to you. We have judgment about all kinds of things. But when we stop resisting and thinking that we should be somewhere else, we neutralize that overstimulated self. So to do this, remove judgment. I've always said the easiest and most instant way to do it is to say about that topic that you're judging is that's interesting. Move into a third space and neutral space of that's interesting. When we stop resisting what is, we can actually see the situation as it is and not worse than it is, which is a state that many in this hurried, hustling, ungrounded state tend to project, right? Start to make up why something's worse than it is, as opposed to neutrally looking at Okay, here it is. This this is some situation that exists. Even terming it not a problem, but a situation is a way to shift the mind to calm down and to insert the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the break, which is the break to the accelerator that you are experiencing in a moment when you feel unglued or spinning. There's a reason everything's happening for me. Ask yourself how this could be working for you in your favor. That's number one. Okay, so number two, 
very easy, meaningfully connect with others. Other relationships ground us through our ups and downs, all of them. You know, be honest, be vulnerable. It remains true that our connection to others is our actual lifeline. And some of our lifelines have been taken away as we've, you know, we've gone through these last 18 months in that our connections have maybe faltered or have been, you know, disconnected. The cords have been disconnected. But choose a person and have an authentic, honest conversation with someone today. If there's another way within that connection with others that we can do it is if it's someone in your home, you know, as opposed to in your workplace, I consider hugging them. Hug someone for 30 seconds. I love the 30-second hug. Science shows us that when you hug someone for 30 seconds, their oxytocin's released and yours, and that reduces stress. I often can see that someone is not grounded within my home and say, I think that you need a 30-second hug. What happens is that you're actually, you start to notice that your breathing gets on board and that you'll start breathing at the same pace. That's the energetic connection of being able to ground someone. Like it is like grounding a a wire or a cord, you know, we would put plastic around it. Consider your hug like plastic to ground someone and yourself. You can also hug a tree if you do not have a person that is someone that you should be hugging at this moment. My third one and the one that I've implemented in these past few months is an absolute necessity is the practice that I use every morning of quieting my mind. And quieting your mind is, I hesitate and don't even want to use the word meditation because I think there comes, that comes with such shame and, and judgment around the word because it's like, it's not achievement based and it's, you know, or it's, I've never been able to do that. It's just quieting. It's silent time. It's grabbing your Bose sound canceling headphones. If you don't have those, ask them for Christmas or any other pair of headphones will do. Light a candle with an old fashioned match, sit down, close your eyes in silence tune into music or a guided meditation, whatever suits you. And this might feel uncomfortable, but just allow yourself to breathe and to take it in and set a timer. What I encourage you to do is to do this for only one minute, which you'll find if you did this over for one minute over the next few weeks, no more than that, unless you just can't stop, is that you will start to experience and notice that there is a greater space. Now, I definitely encourage when you're ready to encourage you to expand and turn that to five or 10 or 15 minutes. There is a host of information and you know studies and valid research that shows why this is so important. This is about as important and equivalent to you having a healthy meal. It is that basic as food in terms of your the need at this time. Everyone has a minute. It's less time than using the bathroom. And if you do this before you begin your day, it's when your mental activity is actually able to be, it's the most calm, but it's also when you can find that you have time. What you'll find is that it's really the best way to, to get grounded. My final way that is my also one of my personal favorites, and it takes less than one minute. It's powerful. You link it up to a habit of when you wake up or every time, I'm talking a lot about the bathroom today, is as soon as you go into the bathroom, is that you look and you turn it and yourself and you look in the mirror and you say to yourself, nothing actually, but instead of criticizing or ignoring yourself, which most of us do, look at yourself and simply wink. When you do, you can't help but smile And not only does this ground you and bring you back to the present, it sends a message to your brain, which then locks in and drops dopamine, our feel-good hormones. And so all of this, again, is through the nervous system that you will be able to 
enjoy a more grounded experience. And that takes less than one minute. It also develops a relationship with yourself. And it's, I would say every time that you go into the restroom, it's, you know, that sends the message, I like you. I like what I'm seeing. You got something special. Whenever you wink at someone, it does that. So the thing is, is to have that experience with yourself. You wouldn't skip either of those types of things, medicine or supplements. So you shouldn't skip your grounding practice either. There is an incessant drive to be productive. And it has helped some of us get ahead in the short run, but it is really becoming something that's detrimental to our social and our emotional and our spiritual well-being in the long run. And it's sacrificing and coming at a ex- heavy expense and toll. And we're seeing it as it physiologically manifests in our mental health places, but also in the workplaces where people are no longer capable of tolerating the amount of voltage, <laughs> the wattage that's going into their systems. The rush and anxiety of modern work has had us really lose sight of what makes for a good life. And indeed, the disruption of the pandemic has amplified this, but it's also given us the opportunity to reconsider and to start again. So too does the new year, an opportunity to say, if in fact I want to perform and want to contribute and want to serve and want to experience at the levels that I imagine, then making and embracing a practice of grounding daily is something that needs to be a part of that recipe. James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, is known for saying that we don't rise to the level of our goals, we rise to the level of our systems. What he's referring to is really our habits, our systems, meaning they are these small actions that when skipped one day don't really matter or aren't noticeable, but over 30 days, they have this compound effect, right? So I actually was recently inspired by my friend, Julie, who over the last 365 days, she ran one mile per day, just one mile. So she could have said, I'm going to run four miles every single day. And then, you know, maybe in a month, like most do at the beginning of the, of the new year, dropped the whole thing or felt gotten hurt, got hurt because she did it too many times. But one mile, she did a streak for 365 days that she just completed. One mile's on a lot, but 365 miles is, right? There's a lot to say on systems and habits, but I'm going to say that for another conversation. I bring it up because your call to action is for you to create a streak. I challenge you to create a streak. I like the word streak, not a habit, but a streak ongoing and in that this streak is a way of life. But for one minute, you begin a daily ritual. One of the ones that I said, most specifically, the bonus is, is having a minute or two of silence, hypnosis, meditation every single day. And pretty soon you're going to want more and you're going to work your way up. But in the beginning, don't do any more than one. I used to begin my runs by saying I'm not running more than five minutes. But once I got going, I always found that I continued, especially when I said I didn't want to do the run. I'm like, just do five minutes. I'm only going to make you do five. And I'm like, okay. And then I was well on my way. So imagine right now how good you would feel to be fully present in a conversation with your child or with a coworker or with the work that you're doing right now. There was a study actually in 2008, researchers at Harvard found that when people are fully present for the activity that they're doing, that they're much happier 
than when they're thinking about something else. Like I said, you don't need any more studies. You just need to try it for yourself. All that to say, though, I will add, we complain about not enough time in this overstimulation and being overloaded, but it's like this vicious circle because when we get to that state of being unglued and ungrounded, what happens is that as we move from task to task or we move skittish and frenetic, we actually lose 40% of our productivity. So coming back to being grounded can increase your productivity in a given day by up to 40%. Think about that when you're no longer all over the place. Giving one to two minutes of a daily ritual practice, I'll review these again. One, consistently know that you are exactly where you're meant to be. There are always in the electrical system pros and cons. There are are negatives and positives. That's the way our existence works. Be okay with what is The second grounding ritual is to connect meaningfully with others. And that can mean through a conversation that's authentic and sharing and honest and vulnerable, or it can even be through physical connection in the 30-second hug. The third, quiet your mind, grab your noise-canceling headphones, and sit in silence for two minutes, one to two minutes before your day begins. And the final one, begin this practice of winking at yourself just once. When you enter a bathroom, take a good look in your eyes, look at yourself, begin the connection with yourself, as well as that message that you got something special. I see you and I've got my eye on you. Yeah. Those are your four ways to increase your own groundedness practice. I will tell you that it has made a world of difference in my mental and physical health and in sustaining my performance. I knew that what has been happening cannot continue. So I've returned to this practice and I will tell you that it can change every category of your life from a very small amount of placement of attention on it. I'll be back in our next Playful Out podcast with more on building lasting performance and a fulfilling life. Be sure to follow the Playful Out podcast. And if you like this one, share it with your colleagues and friends. Feel free also, of course, to write a review, a positive one. We need more groundedness in our workplaces and our homes, because when that happens, we're all able to contribute and serve at our highest levels and make the life-changing impact that you're here to make this year for you, your work, and for those you care about. I look forward to connecting with you again real soon. Have a delightful week. Bye-bye. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Podcast.